This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. In 49 other states, football is just a game. But this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Wisconsin fans demand the best. The best analysis, the best interviews, the best coverage, and no one delivers like the Bill Michaels Huddle. Good evening and welcome. We are broadcasting live. We are at the Brass Tap here in Greenfield on Layton Avenue. Thanks to everybody for hanging out with us tonight. We certainly appreciated the Green Bay Packers getting themselves ready for a game coming up this weekend out in Santa Clara, California, taking on the San Francisco 49ers, the Packers. And the 49ers have met seven times in the postseason, all since 1995. And the Packers, they hold a 4-3 to three advantage in the playoff series. The eighth meeting will tie them for the most playoff games the Packers have ever played against one team, meaning Dallas and New York, now San Francisco, will all be under that one umbrella. I am Bill Michaels. We are glad to have you. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network, alongside Radio Joe Zinzola, our producer of the program, also from 1250 AM and 105.7 FM, the fan out of Milwaukee, Ryan Horvath of the morning show there as well. And, uh, Ryan, let's start with you first and foremost. Uh, this matchup, if I had to say the Packers would win this game if, fill in the blank. If they're... If they're able to protect Aaron Rodgers, I would say. I mean, if you go back and uh, look at the Week 12 loss, that was their inability to protect Aaron Rodgers, but Brian Belago also left that game after seven plays. I think you're going to have to protect Aaron Rodgers. Also, I'm a little concerned with, uh, with coverage, mainly Blake Martinez. I did a little bit of research and was looking at pro football focus. I'm concerned that Kyle Shanahan is going to carve up the middle of that field with George Kittle. Blake Martinez in coverage this year has given up 58 completions and 69 attempts. 500 yards so that's what concerns me the most is uh protecting Aaron Rodgers and then the tight end position just destroying the Packers this Sunday Joe the Packers win the game if <laughs> there's a few different ways to go about it but if some other guys are gonna have to step up outside of Devontae Adams because let's be honest here Robert Sala all week long is game planning to keep Devontae Adams in check and I mean Devontae Adams was just unbelievable last week and the Seahawks had no answer but this is a Seahawks secondary that is good, not great. I think this 49ers secondary is a little bit better, and they search, certainly want to neutralize Devontae. So if Devontae doesn't have room to operate, is Aaron Rodgers, is he going to go out there and throw the ball to some other guys? He's going to have to take some chances in this game, whether you guys like it or not. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing is who else is going to step up outside of Devontae Adams because I think it's going to be a little more difficult this time around for Devontae Adams to get open. If – Aaron Rodgers gets the ball in any way, shape, or form 22 or more times to Aaron Jones for 120 yards or more, they win the game. That's yes. been kind of the threshold, that yes. if he gets that many touches and he gets that threshold of yardage, 
they win the game, which means they're sustaining drive, which means he's getting it in many different facets. It's not just uh, Devontae Adams. Let the playmakers make plays. If he gets it 22 times and gets 100, 120 yards, somewhere in there, they'll win this ballgame going away. I just kind of feel that. I, I, I can take into account the uh, the defensive front. I can talk about Blake Martinez. I can talk about the secondary, the chances Kevin King takes. Uh, even get into the offensive line and the fact that last time Brian Balaga was banged up, this time he's not. Last time they got beat up. They got physically pushed around. Uh, you look at Bakhtiari was on skates. Brian Balaga obviously banged up. Alex Light was was bad, to say the very least. Nick Bosa and company had their way. If they're able to protect Aaron Rodgers for a little bit of time, open up a few holes, let playmakers play plays, in my opinion, they win this game. Now, that's easier said than done because the front four alone, they rush four. That's all they need to rush. Salah just says, look, we're going to rush four. You can't handle what we're sending anyway, and if you can, at best it's going to be a stalemate, so we're going to win every battle just about, which to me it says don't necessarily go specifically at Richard Sherman just to do it. you got to throw that way to keep him honest, but the rest of their secondary – is susceptible. You can throw the ball against him. Yeah, absolutely. You should. That's why you have to move Devontae around a little bit. And you brought up a great point with Aaron Jones. If you're able to get him 120 yards on the ground, I mean, if you go back to the 120 the loss, yards total. Total, right. Because if you go back to the loss in San Francisco, he didn't catch a pass in that game. Right. He averaged, that was right after Devontae Adams came back, and that's where they force-fed the ball to Devontae. He averaged 2.9 yards per carry in that game. What did he rush for, like 33 yards, something like that? Because Fred Warner, you brought it up right there, the front four, they don't even blitz. If you go back and you watch that game to. against Minnesota, they don't need to blitz whatsoever. And Fred Warner at the middle linebacker position is all over the field as well. He's I worry about Aaron year. Jones Fred in this Warner, game. Fred Warner's been unbelievable this year. This has been a breakout year for that linebacker. That is one guy to keep an eye on. But there's two guys that were not on this defense when the Packers played him the last time, and that was Quan Alexander and D. Ford. Now, Quan Alexander I don't think is going to play every snap. They're not saying that. They think he's going to be more of a third down guy. Right. But you still have to factor him in. And D. Ford has been very explosive off the edge. Add that with what they already have on that defensive front. You're going to have to account for that as well. And, again, if this Packer offensive line – cannot do their job to the best that they can it's going to be a long night for the pack nick bosa in the last contest that was against minnesota vikings had two sacks for 15 yards three additional quarterback hurries and a pass defended yeah. the guy's an animal then you go and look at thomas had a sack armstead had a sack buckner had a sack ford had a sack they hit him six times to take him down that's not even including the nine quarterback hurries they had along the way it's it's a magnanimous front four, and and I just you're talking about the best offensive line and pass blocking in football in the Green Bay Packers going up against one of if not the best pass rush defense in all of football. Usually, defense wins you championships. That's the reason that 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 cliche has become a cliche. But when you look at the numbers and you think, and for to everybody, I'm going to we're going to talk with Brian Billick about this tomorrow, but. Everybody says the team that gets beat bad in the first meeting comes back and plays tenfold better in the second. Right. So I have a feeling the Packers' offensive line is going to play spectacular. Maybe a sack, maybe a couple of pressures, but I think they're going to be really good. But if I'm if I'm Matt Lafleur, I've got Aaron Rodgers in play action, a lot of play fakes, freeze guys, put him on the run one way or the other, get rid of the ball quick. There's not going to be a whole lot of looking downfield. For Devontae Adams, you're going to take maybe three or four shots in this game. Maybe one to Marquez Valdez-Scanling if he doesn't short arm it. But offensively speaking, 
that's kind of the way I think this team is going to win the game, Joe, if indeed they win again. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I just I, I'm really impressed with what this offensive line has been able to do after the fact, after that first game against San Francisco. And, you know, Jared Veld here, I mean, you know, I was, I was kind of I was thinking about this year's football team and the 2010 Packer team that got to the Super Bowl. And Jared Veld here is kind of kind of reminds me of like the Howard Green yeah. of, of this year. You know what I mean? Like it's just Howard Green was driving around and he got a phone call from the Packers. He saying, was driving back to Louisiana. <laughs> he was driving from New York to yeah. Louisiana in an old crappy car. Yeah. And got a call from Ted Thompson. Okay. So then he, he turns around and he goes up to Green Bay and then he he plays a huge part with that defense down the stretch. Veldhier was in the same situation. He was in North, northwest Indiana visiting his family around Thanksgiving time and got a phone call from the Packers. And so he turns around, he goes up to Green Bay, and he has been a factor ever since. You've gone from Alex Light backing up Brian Bulaga to now having Jared Veldhier, a guy that's been there, has been in those situations in the playoffs, has been to Super Bowls. To have him right now is just it's, it's such a huge part of this. I feel so much better, and again, I was very pleased with how he played, um, again, back in Bulaga last week against Seattle. So I, I, I feel good about that. I feel like the protection will be better for Aaron Rodgers this time around, even if Brian Bulaga for some odd reason doesn't play. I, I, I think I just, to me right now, the protection should be a little bit better. Run blocking should be a little bit better, and they should be able to get something going early on. I, I, I feel confident about that, guys. Do you think um, if I'm going to be Salah, other than getting around the outside, they blitz the gap between Billy Turner and Corey Lindsley a lot? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we're going to have Billy Turner on tomorrow night on the Lodge Cooler kickoff, but that was a gap that was exploited last time. I, I know Lindsley's back. He's 100% healthy. Billy Turner's feeling good. If I'm going to go anywhere, that might be the weakness in this offensive line. Now, now that's saying something because you have to pick a weakness on a line that's really, really good, but right. that might be the weakest link. Yeah, I completely agree. And as much as I love David Bakhtiari, I mean, you could bull rush him and get past him every once in a while too, knock him back, and that's what Bosa was able to do. The thing about their defensive line is they don't have to blitz a whole lot. And as good With as they Bosa are, and D Ford, they have so much depth. Yeah, it's they like parking in between buses. Right, so if you go back and you watch the win against the Seahawks, the Packers' defense was sucking air. I mean, they were tired in the second half of that game, and I felt like Mike Pettin was exposed a little bit. Like the uh, corner blitz from Jair, that was a desperation move on the two-point right. conversion right there. Whereas San Francisco, they're never gassed because they have so much depth that they could use situational pass rushers on a third down. Like Joe said, that's why you need long sustained drives, right? So yep. Billy Turner, that concer he concerns me the most, obviously, on that offensive line. Also, I mean, Balaga, he's going to be able to go this time, which makes me feel a lot better. You have to wonder how bad that flu was when you think that Brian Balagos came back from a torn ACL, made it out of the concussion protocol, right? And the flu knocks him out of the game. So, which is good though, in the sense that they got the win with Valdir, right? Gives him a little extra time to heal up, and he's uh, got extra time to get rid of that concussion symptom anyway. What do you guys think about? I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of Mercedes Lewis. I think you're almost going to have to use him as a glorified tackle in this game because if you look at what you San Francisco to. does, the way that Kyle Shanahan draws up his run plays, that's what he's best at. They pound the football. What, did they throw the ball 20 times only in the win against Seattle? Oh, very rare. They didn't throw too much last week against Minnesota. The run blocking schemes are ridiculous. They have Emmanuel Sanders and George Kittle blocking on the same zone read. It's just... Well, the way they use Kittle and watching that game, I watched it again, was Kittle was always in motion. Mm -hmm. And wherever he went, the coverage went with him, and rightfully so. But they always 
I should say always, but 95% of the time went back to that gap in the zone. Whatever it is they were running, wherever he left, a, a linebacker would trail him, a safety would trail him. They would go back to that gap, and that would be the gap that they were attacking because you got to pay so much attention to George Kittle. Right. It's all about misdirection with Kyle Shanahan's offense. He's always going to have guys in motion. He's going to have guys going one way, but then the play's going to be designed to go the other way. He wants to have as much confusion as possible, which, again, touche if you're Matt LaFleur, that's the same kind of stuff you've got to be doing in this game. I agree. You've got to be doing the same exact kind of stuff. He was brilliant last week and how he was able to scheme up all of these different plays for Devontae Adams. And it was only for Devontae. Like, I don't know if you guys saw the uh, route sheet that Devontae Adams was running. I mean, they had him lined up in all these different spots on he the was, line of scrimmage. He was wide on both sides. Right. He was slot on both sides. Uh, they did everything but run him as a tight end. Right, pretty much. Yeah. And, and so, and even there were plays where Devontae was in motion, but it wasn't going to go to Devontae. It was, it was going to go somewhere else. Right. So, I just think, too, LaFleur has learned a lot from Shanahan. But so they, used, they used Devontae like they used Kittle. Right. What they would do is use Devontae to dictate where the coverage was going to be. Same thing. They'd pull him to the other side, run a spot. They hit Jimmy Graham twice in his opening. Right. And then they put him in a slot and allow him not only a single move but a double move. That was the 40-yard touchdown. Right. It was an out and then back in. And then he ended up, the rest of it was just to him once they got him the football. And as good as Richard Sherman is, he doesn't move around a whole lot. He's going to stay on his island. He's going to stay on his side right. of the field. Sure. So you have to move Devontae around. Work him out of the slot. Why not? Yep. Yep, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We're broadcasting live out here at the Brass Tap. There's a good crowd here tonight. I mean, I'm out here in the really summertime, but this is fantastic for the wintertime. The NFC Championship Edition of the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by Bud Light. We've got more coming up right after this. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I like where we're at, but ultimately it, do, it doesn't matter. I mean, we're just focused on day-to-day preparation, trying to get a little bit better each and every day and uh, making sure that we know the, the plan inside and out, know the details of the plan. But ultimately, we got to go out there and perform on Sunday. There you go. Those are the comments of uh, Matt LaFleur, head coach of the Green Bay Packers, getting ready for this weekend. The conference championship game going to be at Levi's Stadium coming up 540 kickoff. Packers heading out to San Francisco. Santa Clara to technically be uh, be correct, as it's about since they got uh, since they left Candlestick, they've gone an hour south of San Francisco. But to the Packers going out there to try to get themselves a win and put themselves in Super Bowl Fifty Four, heading down to Miami. Meanwhile, you've got the the te- uh, the that um, te- God Texans, not Texans. I always say it all the time. Tennessee Titans. Titans. Yeah. The Titans are heading into Kansas City. They're going to be taking on the Chiefs and uh, in a miraculous game in which they just handed it to Baltimore. Holy mackerel. Nobody saw that coming. Did you bet that game? I did. I took the Titans, but I took the points. Okay. Plus 10. So, I didn't think they were winning it outright. Well, yeah. But. Well, there you go. Then you made yourself some money if yeah. you did. But uh, the, the Titans have been simply fantastic. And they're on a hell of a run. They eliminated the Patriots, the reigning champions. And they eliminated the Baltimore Ravens, the best team in football. So who knows what they're going to do in Arrowhead this coming weekend. Maybe they're on a little bit of a magic carpet ride. I'm sure that the NFL is rooting for Packers and Chiefs. You have to be, right? The 100th Holmes, season. Rogers. Well, the 100th season. Yeah. To go back to Super Bowl One, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got uh, the two guys that do the State Farm commercials and annoy the hell out of everybody. Yep. The, you know, they're looking for that matchup. I mean, the worst thing I think they could possibly get would be Garoppolo and Tannehill. But uh, the NFL probably rooting a lot for uh, this coming matchup. But the Packers got to get past San Francisco first. 
Got to say hi to somebody listening out in Colorado. Uh, Stacy was actually, uh, they, they were coming with a group of friends tonight. They were going to come out here tonight, and they were coming, she was coming here, flying back to Wisconsin to, uh, to just kind of come back to Wisconsin, I understand, and uh, fell at the airport. Jeez. Smashed her face and broke her hand and all that kind of stuff. Not here tonight. Oh, so man. please recuperate. Get well soon. And uh, as a Packers fan, we uh, we appreciate you listening and hanging out with us and uh, kind of staying with us in spirit, so to speak. But, man, what a way not to be here. I know. Miss your flight, one thing, snowstorm another, but bust your face tripping. Holy mackerel. Uh, this has been happening to everybody. My grandmother fell yesterday, or two days ago, I'm sorry, broke oh. her nose, knocked her two front teeth out, so I snuck off to go visit her two hours away yesterday when I got done with the radio. Oh, my so, God. Like, what is going on? I... I've fallen a lot of times. I don't think I've ever face planted. No, oh, not man. even not even no. like hammered in college. No, I know. You know, I felt. I've weeks always had back. enough, you know, cat-like reflexes to be able to put an arm out or Catch something. Yourself, you know, right. but yeah, I've never face planted like that. So I can only imagine it can't be too fun. No, you, know, you brought up so Titans and Chiefs. I mean, everybody wants to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because Patrick Mahomes, reigning MVP as, as of last year through 50 touchdown passes, exciting. But you almost feel like it's the NCAA tournament where we root for the Cinderella. But then when we get to the Final Four, we get to the national title, you want Duke and North Carolina. You want the top team. You always want, if Cinderella's going to be Cinderella, you want Cinderella to beat a Duke or North Carolina. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, That's what you're hoping for. Like Loyola. Right. You know, and then UMBC. You know, that type of thing. You want them to face and knock off Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky or Kansas, you know? Yeah. You don't want them and Memphis. Right, right, right. You don't, That's you don't what I feel gone. about. Like, right. Titans 49ers, I just I couldn't get into it. I don't no, think I could be able to get into I, it. I, I, I would still pay attention because it's a Super Bowl. Right. But if it was the 49ers in Kansas City, not that I'm happy about it, but I, I'd still you know have a, 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 a kind of an interest. If it was mm-hmm. Green Bay, obviously, in Kansas City, Green Bay and the Titans, we have a huge interest here. But you've got a storied franchise in it. If it's the Titans and the 49ers, Kittle brings you some star power. Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry because of the way he's ran the football this year. I mean, right. the guy's a beast, let's face it. Right. But are you really getting geeked up about it? Because I don't even think they'd feature Tannehill. No. Even though Cats made money this year, right. I think it would be Derrick Henry against Kittle and Bosa and Ford and that's when, and Richard Sherman. Right. And that's the thing. Like, when we talk top quarterbacks in the playoffs, everybody's really high on Ryan Tannehill. But go back and watch the film. How many passes did he throw that aren't involved in play action? Everybody's stacking the box, trying to stop Derrick Henry. Everything he does comes off of play action. And if I have Derrick Henry rushing for 210 yards, I could probably complete most of those passes as well. So, yeah, I'm with you. I just, not a whole lot of star power. I think Packers Chiefs is the best Super Bowl. But if you get get, Packers Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, Aaron Rodgers, you talk about Zedarius Smith, right. you talk about personalities that are there. Um, and I, Andy I gotta, Reid against Matt LaFleur. Andy Reid, a guy that desperately needs one. Aaron Rodgers, they say, needs another one because Andy Reid's never had one. Matt LaFleur in his first year. Right. You know, I mean, all the different storylines coming out of that situation would be phenomenal. Um, I, uh, let me ask you this, though. Do you feel yourself getting caught up in the wave of Packermonium? A little bit, you know, this week because yeah. at the beginning, of the, at the beginning, we thought, "Oh, they got to win over Seattle." Not going to win over the 49ers, right. you know. And as the week has gone on, and more and more people nationally diss the team, more and more people then give you a, a sense of reality. I was listening to Ross Tucker on the Big Show the other day, right. uh, and Ross is like, "People that are saying this is a terrible 14 and three team, like, what are you talking about?" You know. And then you start to think about it. And you thought, start to think, 
Belaga went down early. They, you, it was your first game back for Devontae Adams. They're a much better run team. They're a better blocking team. They're a better uh, team up front. Their defense has been feeling it even over the last five or six games. They've been playing much better football. Why not Green Bay? Right. You know, do you feel yourself getting caught up in that? See, I, I really don't. To me, this week has kind of just felt like a regular football week. I, I, I haven't been like in awe going, Oh my God! The Packers are in the NFC Championship game. I can't believe this. I, I I'm going crazy. I haven't felt like that. Like my whole, I'm just like, let's just get to this game and get going. And then I think if they're actually if they actually do win this game and get to the Super Bowl, then I'm going to be gaga about it. Then I'm going to go crazy. But I don't know. This week to me has just kind of felt status quo, and it's kind of felt status quo to the players too. Yeah, I mean, I'm super nervous because if the season ends on Sunday, I'm talking about Jed Jerko on Monday, so that's why I need this to continue. <laughs> I'm not ready for baseball season. Well, I, I'm, I'm not ready for baseball, but I, I, you can't ignore, because we go to the Super Bowl every year anyway. Right. So you can't ignore it, but there's still immense storylines if they don't. You, know, you still have, it's the, it's the Super Bowl. It right. is the biggest well, spectacle in sports. Right. So you still have the build-up to that. What you then have is a week long of what would it have taken to get there? Right. What did they not do to get there? What did, what should they have done? Because I, to me, the guy that they're going to face this weekend, Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. Had they picked him up, mm-hmm. I think the tables are turned. I think then you're talking about a completely different offensive situation sure. for this team. I agree, which yeah. is crazy because at the time I was thinking, you know, I want another wide receiver. I want them to go out there and get another wide receiver. But then we're watching the national championship, and you're watching Alabama this year in the stock. I mean, the receivers that are coming out in the draft. I get what, what Goody's doing there, is you didn't want to trade a first or second round pick to go and get yourself Emmanuel Sanders when you could restock in the draft. But now, I mean, you're in this position, and you're thinking if you did go out there and you got yourself Emmanuel Sanders, exactly. You have another weapon to pair with Devontae Adams. I guess I'm starting to buy into the hype a little bit because, I mean, I've been watching football my entire life, but I would go back and say the best NFL football team I ever saw play didn't even win a Super Bowl. It was the 16-0 Patriots when they went out and got Randy Moss. He broke the receiving touchdown record. They had Wes Welker, who caught 150 passes. People even forget about that. Tom Brady broke the touchdown record. And then they went in the Super Bowl, and they got smacked in the mouth because the Giants with the NASCAR pass rush kept hitting Tom Brady. And it just reminds you that anything could happen. And when guys get overconfident, and that's a lot of, and I hate using this term, people hate when I use it, but bulletin board material. And you know Aaron Rodgers is listening to his oh, critics. Oh, God, yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? You know that defense, Darius Smith. I mean, we saw it with the snub shirt. No question. They're listening to their critics. And this is a lot of bulletin board material. People saying they're going to go out there and lose by two scores. They're seven-and-a-half-point underdogs, plus 295 on the money line. Nobody's giving them any credit, and they really haven't all year long. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. When we come back, I'll start with you, you Joe, and then over to, over to you, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, i got something to but say, we're, too. About... We're going to talk about that, and then I want to yeah. ask a question about Aaron Rodgers specifically since you brought it up. We'll do this. We're broadcasting live at the Brass Tap out here on Lake Avenue. We're in Greenfield. Come on out and say hi. 80 beers on tap. I had one today. I'm going to try them all. I'm a lightweight. And, and I'm in the bag. I, I'm already in the bag. We got a lot more coming up right after this. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. You realize playing against them how good they are. And at the time, you know, they had a two game lead after that game, plus obviously the tiebreaker. So just. Uh, calculating things in my head I figured you know if we got to the playoffs and made a run we'd probably have to beat them in their place at some point and sure enough we're back in a situation where we got to do it to get to the Super Bowl. 
Welcome back. We are glad you are here with us. We are broadcasting live at the Brass Taps, and that's where you can find us. We are uh, here tonight and uh, obviously uh, out here with a good crowd uh, right here on Layton Avenue in Greenfield. Come on by and say hi. Ryan Horvat from 105.7 FM. The fan is here with us, Radio Joe Zenzola from uh, my program, the producer of the program. The Bill Michaels Show is here tonight as well. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. And do not forget that our friends uh, at ABC Audio Video, also a big part of this. ABC Audio Video giving away a big screen TV that will be installed in your home if you win it for the big game. Uh, but tonight and then next week are the last two opportunities to get registered for that. We will draw the winner next week when we are at the New Berlin Ale House uh, over there off of Cleveland in New Berlin, Wisconsin. So looking forward to that. So, Joe, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick up where we left off. You were getting yeah. ready to say we were talking a little bit about Aaron Rodgers, talking about this team, obviously. I got a question about Aaron Rodgers, okay. but I'm going to go ahead because you had something to say before we went to break. All right, here's another reason why I'm not, like, gaga over – this upcoming game and getting lost in the whole allure that, you know, the Packers are back in the NFC Championship game and this should be great. It's kind of because I'm a little numb to expecting what has been happening to all of our Wisconsin teams here over the last five years. They get to this point, they're on the doorstep of getting to a championship and they just choke and they fall apart and they lose and they let us down. And it's happening time after time after time after time. And I feel like I've just become immune to the fact that, yeah, we're here, but it's probably going to be what we all expect. They're probably going to lose, and it's it's going to be the same old, same old. And, you know, I, and I, I look, I don't want to be, like, overly negative about it, but it's just, Ryan, this is, like, this is what's happening to us. Like, I was just at the Rose Bowl two weeks ago. I'm thinking, okay, the Wisconsin Badgers, they've got this. Right. They've got it. They're clearly the better team. Yeah, they're making all these mistakes, but they're still going to win at the end. And guess what happens? They don't. The Big they Ten lose. Championship hurt way worse than the Rose Bowl. The first half that of that too. game. The first half of that game was probably Wisconsin's biggest win this season. Same deal. You're, 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 you're dominating Ohio State. You, 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 you've got them where you need them. But even at halftime, I was sitting there saying, wouldn't surprise me if Ohio State gets back into this game because oh, yeah. this is what happens. And it ha- it happened with the Bucks last year. Same thing. They should have been in the NBA Finals. They should have taken care of Toronto, but they just crapped the bed. And I guess I'm just as a fan. This isn't media Joe talking. This is fan Joe talking. Yep. I just, I guess I'm not as excited or wound up maybe as I should be because I feel like the outcome is going to be the same again. I feel like that'll make it more sweeter, though, when they let, finally let, pull it out. Let though. me ask you this, though. If they lose this game, is it because they choked or because going into this game we thought the 49ers had better talent to begin with? See, because well, See, to me they're playing with house money. I think, look, the Packers are definitely – I'm going to say this right now. The Packers are not going to get their ass whooped like they did the first time against San Francisco. That is not happening. The Packers are going to come out, and they're going to have a much better game because, hey, this team has won six straight since that loss. Don't tell me they want to get even with the 49ers. Don't tell me. There are so many different factors in this game that are motivating the Green Bay Packers to go out there and play a better brand of football. But at the end of the day, I just, like, I'm having this battle right now. Like, driving over here tonight, guys, I'm having this battle of, well, should I go with my head? Because my head is telling me that the 49ers should win this football game. And a close one. 
But then my heart's telling me, you know what, Joe? It's the NFL, and it's any given Sunday, and anything can happen. And the Packers aren't that far off from the 49ers. So my heart's telling me the Packers are actually going to win this game. I just don't, I don't know which way to go. I got, what, another hour and 20 minutes to make my pick here. But I just don't know what to go with. Because, again, the, the fan in me has been burned so many times that I'm kind of just – I'm kind of numb to that. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree, you feel especially same? with the Packers. Well, no, I don't. See, I think the Packers are going to win this game. I really do. I go back and I lock, I look at that Incidentally, loss. your track record in Big Ten championship games? That's what concerns see, me. See, that, that to me more than anything. Him going to the you game. You going to the game. Yes. Yeah. For those that don't know here, I'm going to San Francisco. So I'm 0-4 at Big Ten <laughs> championship games. I'm 0-1 at the Rose Bowl. Um I'm trying to think of other losses. Do you have any wins? Let's start there. Do I have any significant Like any big wins? Like What's wins? your signature win? You weren't at the game this past weekend. No, I was not. No, you weren't, and they won. <laughs> I was trying to give you one. I was trying to say, that's right, maybe we you might, were there. I might have a finger at the game. Yeah. <laughs> the other uh, producer you guys show. See, what I'm saying is, now, I, Matt LaFleur came out. He said, we, didn't, we haven't showed our whole package this year. If you go back, you look at the loss against the Niners. Rodgers completed, what, 20 of 34 balls, but for, what, 120 yards? Something ridiculous like that. In fact, he didn't complete a pass over 15 yards in that entire game. I don't think that they showed their entire catalog in that game. I think he's going to take some shots down the field, whether we want him to or not. Jimmy Ward had a huge game. Uh, I mean, Jimmy Graham got taken down by Jimmy Ward. I just... I honestly feel like for Aaron Rodgers' legacy, he knows that he needs to win this game, and he's due to win one in San Francisco. The one thing about Brett Favre in the playoffs, he was able to beat the 49ers. Aaron Rodgers hasn't beat him yet. That's the team he grew up rooting for. Right. I think he knows for his legacy. He needs to win this game. He's done it all. He's won the MVPs. He's got one Super Bowl ring. I always argue that Tom Brady's ruined football and the way we view quarterbacks for the rest of us because now it's if you don't have four no, but rings, you also had four for Terry Bradshaw, four right. for Troy Aikman. You go through that list, four for Joe Montana. Some of the greatest of the greats have numerous Super Bowl rings. Right. We we talk about them, and the guy that had far more throwing ability and passing ability was Dan Marino. But yeah. he doesn't even come close to getting the credit as a quarterback because he never won a ring. Peyton Manning was the smartest quarterback I've ever seen play the game. I wouldn't say the most talented. He didn't have the best arm strength, but he was the smartest quarterback I've ever seen the game. Had he not won that second one in Denver, do we talk less about him as I, being a smart quarterback? I think we do, and if you remember, he couldn't throw a 25-yard pass that season. His arm strength was But dead. that's what I'm saying. He won, won, he won a second ring, but it wasn't because of him. It was, right. it was Von Miller in that number one defense. They kicked everybody's ass. So my question is, do we look down upon Peyton Manning? If they don't win that second ring, I don't. I don't either. I don't no. mean I don't. I think, think in the annals of history, maybe there's going to be somebody eventually is going to read a stat and say, "Well, he only won one." Drew Brees is another great example. Another smart quarterback, one of the best I've ever seen play the game. He has one Super Bowl. But we elevate John Elway because he won two, knowing he won it with a run game and a good defense. And that's also why I always thought we were kind of tough on Mike McCarthy. Two bad seasons, and I mean, I love Matt Lafleur. Don't get me wrong, and it was time to move on from Mac. But like, if you look at it, Sean Payton had losing seasons. Yep. He had a season where he was suspended for the entire year for Bounty Gate. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't think when it comes down to it, legacies should be based off Super Bowl rings. But I think in Aaron Rodgers' mind, that's how he thinks that he's going to be viewed. I expect the Packers to win this football game. I really do. 
You're that confident. So I, when we make our picks, you're all in. You're jumping into the pool. I mean, if they're not going to the Super Bowl, I have to shave my head on air, and I have to let some fan do it that okay. has no experience cutting hair. So Hey, I don't feel sorry my, for well, you. My wife's here. Yeah, She'll be divorcing me that. most that's, likely. That's you. That's how confident I was. That's because, you. Because, you know what? I, There's a lot of things I'll bet. My hair is not one of them. I'll <laughs> There's tell you that so right much now. parody in the NFL this year. Like, who is – the Niners are a good football team, but last year they were in the same position as the Packers. Even worse. Kyle Shanahan didn't have a winning season. Yeah, they lost to the Packers at Lambeau Field. Well, they're 4-12. and 12. Now, granted, you didn't have Jimmy Garoppolo. He had a torn ACL, but you had the number two pick in the draft, and now you have, you're one win away from a Super Bowl. It's quite crazy to think of it like that. Let's do this. We're going to take a quick break. Broadcasting live at the Brass Tap. We're here on Layton Avenue in Greenfield. If you want to stop in, they got all kinds of beers and beverages. and It's our NFC Championship edition of the Bill Michaels Huddle, brought to you by Bud Light. We got more right after this. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Superhero. I go into the game and run my routes, catch the ball, and, and try to do something with it. Um, you know, I'm not going into it freaking out, telling Matt we need to install this play for me, this, that play. I let them take care of what they got to do, and I go out and try to win my routes. And uh, you know, that's all I can do. I'm, I'm not trying to go out here and you know, the heroics is what can set back teams. You know, we, we've experienced that in the past where you know somebody tries to step up and do too much, where you just do your job and you know trust the process, trust that all your teammates gonna handle handle their one eleventh, and then we'll be good. There you go. Welcome back to the program, the Bill Michaels Show. We are broadcasting live here out at uh, the Brass Tap. We're on our good friends uh, out here in Greenfield on Layton Avenue. Got Ryan Horvat from 105.7 FM, The Fan, out of Milwaukee. I am Bill Michaels, uh, Radio Joe Zenzola here as well that produces our show. And uh, sitting here talking about this uh, conference matchup coming up. But we're going to get deeper into this. We'll start making picks a little bit later on and telling you why. But that being said, we haven't even talked a whole lot about the defense. And to me, guys, the, one of the things, as much as I really believe that this offense is going to have to do its part, if, if you're going to win this game, you're going to have to figure out a way to stop their run, and their run was magnanimous against the Minnesota Vikings. They were able to do pretty much anything they wanted to do. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in that last contest, 11 of 19. It wasn't like he had a spectacular day. 11 of 19, 131 yards, a touchdown, a pick, quarterback rating of 74-7. But they rushed for 186 yards, Joe. To me, I, the, the one benefit is now Blake Martinez has the cast off. He's got the club off of his hand. He's playing free. Kenny Clark feels like he's snubbed. Zedaria Smith feels like he's snubbed. Preston Smith wants to support his guys. Adrian Amos has been coming up and run support. If they can stop Coleman and Breida and company and slow it down and force Garoppolo to start throwing the football, not that Samuel, Sam, uh, uh, Samuel is easy to guard, but the rest of it other than Kittle, I think that they can actually handle this a little bit. So, there yeah, we go. There we go. Hello, hello. Yeah, I think so. I mean, first of all, yeah, they're going to have to do everything they can to stack the box against this run game because the, the 49ers have a million different options when it comes to running backs. But right now the flavors of the day are Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. I mean, those are the two guys to really pay attention to in this one. Now, earlier today on our show, Bill, we had Joe Fortenbaugh from 95.7 The Game in San Francisco, and he's a big numbers guy. Well, he made the point about Jimmy Garoppolo where he said, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is kind of like Brett Favre. He likes to take chances. And sometimes it works, and other times it doesn't. And he might be the kind of guy that if you read him right, and if you can read his eyes, you've got a 
golden opportunity yep. to get an interception off of He stares his guys down. You saw it in, right before the end of the first half in that Minnesota game when right. he threw that pick, especially. That's what I'm saying about Blake Martinez. It's just unfortunate that Blake Martinez can't cover anybody and has given up 500 yards through the year. The problem with game planning for Tevin Coleman is there's a good chance Kyle Shanahan runs the ball with Tevin Coleman six times. Right. They pick new backs to feature each week based off matchups. That's what scares me the most about Kyle Shanahan yeah. when he has time to prepare for any opponent. But I, but I think one of the biggest keys here for this Packer defense, they need to force a couple of turnovers in this game. They, if they go if they go through this game without forcing one turnover, it's over. I, they're in big trouble because if Garoppolo is that capable of messing up, again, we're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, a guy that's never been at this stage before. He's never been to an NFC championship. This is all foreign to him. And you talk about when experience matters, he doesn't have that. That's working against him. So you want him to be uncomfortable. You want to make him throw the football, make Jimmy play quarterback. I just think for these Packer DBs, they, if that ball's coming their way, make a play. The ball can't go through Kevin King's hands again like it did last week against Russell Wilson. When you got a ball that's coming your way, you got to be able to haul that in. That is going to be one of the biggest keys, I think. You've got to find a way to force turnovers against this 49er offense. Kevin King's got to come out with it. Jair Alexander is a tremendous pass defender. They don't throw in his direction a ton, nope. but he has had some opportunities where balls have fallen through his hands. Uh, look for a guy like a Tremont Williams or an Adrian Amos or somebody like sure. that, a yep. veteran guy to come up with a veteran play, especially Tremont Williams who's been there, done that. And they've used him in many different facets. So uh, it's not that I'm looking for the regulars to make a statement because I am specifically, but I'm looking for somebody else in just a moment. You, you go back to that game, say, when the Texans got the win a couple of weeks ago before they went on to face uh, the Kansas City Chiefs. It, he came back from injury, but it was a moment. It was a third down play. They get a sack, and all of a sudden, next thing you know, the Houston Texans are off and running, and then they win the game. Right. It's a moment that you're going to need on the road that is going to swing momentum back in your direction. It's all about momentum. That's what it, it's what this game always is. You guys can say whatever you want about momentum, that it's not a thing. It is a thing. It, it is. Everything. I mean, hey, I'm really curious to see how many Packer fans are going to be at this game on Sunday. I'm really excited because – I've seen Levi's Stadium on television, and for a lot of these games, it's a big stadium. It seats a lot of fans. It never seems to sell out. I mean, California fans are weird, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's not just and, – and Californians in general, there's a lot of snowbirds that come from Wisconsin, from Illinois, from the Midwest who come to California, and they support their teams from California. So I, I really wonder how many Packer fans are going to be there because I feel like, if I had to guess – I'm guessing it's going to be like 60-40. Packers 49, fans or 49ers, 49ers fans? fans? I think there's right. going to be a lot of Packer fans there. Just, so if you can find a way to just shut up that crowd early and get those Packer fans behind your back, that is also going to help. I don't know. It's an NFC Championship game. I was going to say, they're going to be out I, there. I think Packers fans I mean, are going to be there, but I think it's going to be probably 10 20%. Because in the regular season, know. man, there's just way too much fun stuff to do in California to go to a football game on a Sunday. No, for guys like us, we would be at every game. But for guys like that, I mean, they're not going out there. The things that you guys brought up, Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback in the league, 22-5. and five. That includes the couple wins that he had in New England before he got injured and Jacoby Brissett took over when Brady was suspended. He just knows how to win. But I laugh with the Brett Favre comparisons. Nowhere near. He's comparable. way off. I guess the one matchup that scares me the most on the defensive side of the ball is Zadarius Smith. We expect him to make huge plays every week. And if you go back in the loss against San Francisco, he was pretty solid. 
a sack and a half in that game, but Joe Staley wasn't playing. So we continue to talk about how Brian Balaga left that game after just seven plays. Joe Staley didn't even play in that game, and they still won handily. So Staley, I guess the, Staley's 35, isn't he? But he's he, still he's pretty still good. Play. He was. I mean, he shut Everson Griffin down. Griffin, he, no tackles for a loss, no sacks in that win against Minnesota. He's playing some of his best football right now because he knows this is probably his last shot to get to a Super Bowl. I, uh, I I look at what they just strictly what they did to Kirk Cousins, and that to me has been the biggest, um, I guess, red flag because they and that that offensive line is nowhere near what the Packers' offensive line is. No, no. But they it wasn't just in the six sacks; it was the fact that they had him under pressure all day. And Mike Zimmer's a good coach, so he was prepared right. for that as as well prepared as you can be. Right. And and I know we like to rip on Kirk Cousins. But he's not as bad as we make him sound. And Minnesota was a pretty had, solid football he, he team. He was 21-29. The right. problem was he threw the one pick. Otherwise, his quarterback rating is really, really good. And that's the thing. They just don't give up the big play. And that's what I'm talking about with Aaron Rodgers. And that's that if that's meeting, if you know? doesn't cut that route off. Right. He doesn't throw that pick. I mean, Jimmy Ward, his first couple of years in the league, their safety over there, their free safety out of Northern Illinois, he was injured for the first four years. Now he's healthy. He's playing some great football. They just don't give up the big play. And I guess that's what – that's, I guess, an advantage, Packers, because LaFleur – the way especially that opening drive and everything that's scripted is, he's not going to be looking for the big play. I'm interested in seeing if, because he, um, in the loss against the Niners, he said he got he was done with the run too early. Aaron Rodgers was throwing the ball way too much. Do you almost think that maybe he passes to set up the run rather than vice versa? Because the blueprint, obviously, if I'm Kyle Shanahan, and if I'm, I mean, the defensive coordinators, everybody at the over in San Francisco, I'm looking for them to run the ball with Aaron Jones a lot. Do you think maybe they can throw 50, the ball? I think they, I think they want to go 50-50. I think if if the run gets stymied, remember the last time Matt Lafleur said we we didn't even open up our game plan, right. right? And they ran the ball a couple of times, and after that they fumbled and they were behind, and then they threw the ball the whole time. I think he wants to run the ball. I think he wants to be 50-50. I think it is, or at least as close to it as possible. So the only way they scrap that is if the game gets a two-score game and then they feel yeah. like they need to come out. Like, right. if they feel the game is starting to slip. I mean, it was just such a disaster. You could go back and watch that game. It wasn't just the Rodgers fumble and then they punch it right in. It's the Devontae Adams taunting penalty when he just bumps into right. a guy right. that shouldn't yeah. have been called. That game was a disaster from the start where I feel like in the second half, LaFleur just scrapped the playbook, said we're most likely going to see these guys again. Right. Let's not show a whole lot. Going to go ahead and take a quick break. One hour down that quick one hour yet to go. We're broadcasting live with the Brass Tap here on Layton in Greenfield. Stop on in, say hi. We've got a ton more brought to you by our friends at Bud Light coming up right after this. Sports Talk Network. In 49 other states, football is just a game. But this is Wisconsin. The Green Bay Packers have won the Super Bowl. The Lombardi Trophy is coming home. Wisconsin fans demand the best. The best analysis, the best interviews, the best coverage, and no one delivers like the Bill Michaels Huddle. Good evening and welcome. 
Welcome. We are broadcasting live. We're here at the Brass Tap and uh, on Layton Avenue in Greenfield. The Bill Michaels Huddle. We are coming to you live. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. And if you want to listen up, they have their fifth-year anniversary this weekend. Really? So they're putting beers that you've never even tried in this place this coming weekend. So if you're looking for something to do, place to watch the game, place to get a beer, a beer that nobody's ever had before, this is the place to come here at the Brass Tap on Layton Avenue. And you can't miss it. It's like next to Plato's Closet and the Imaging Center and everything next door and in the strip mall across from Sendix. Come on by and say hi. There's so many reasons to like the Brass Tap. First of all, I love walking into a bar where you've got the Bucks game on like every other TV. Yeah. I hate it when you walk into a bar on a night of a Bucks game, and they don't even have the damn game on. So thank you, Brass Tap. I deal with this yeah. issue every time I leave the house, and I and luckily I'll always be like, we got to leave. My wife's like, no, just ask them. But then you ask them, and, and they'll put it on one TV that's over right. on the other side right. of you, and it's real small. I don't get it. And they've got them in the middle, too. That's the best part. Yes. So you got TVs in the middle. So even if you're looking front to back rather than side to side, you still got them right in front of you. So that's fantastic. Come on out, Brass Tap. Come on by. By the way, the food here is fantastic. Oh, my God. Um, oh. You know, there's a lot of places we go to that have good food. They have really good food here. I, I, I just, I've almost devoured this uh, chicken BLT wrap. Yeah, that, uh, that didn't stand much of a chance. But they have, I, I, I like lettuce wraps. Yeah. But they got to be right. Yeah. They have this, like, spicy shrimp lettuce wrap that I, I ate two of them. I'm taking the third one home and throwing it in bed and rolling around with it. It was that good. It's going to give me a satisfaction by the end of the evening. I guarantee it. But it was that good. So they got the fifth anniversary coming up out here at the Brass Tap this weekend. If you want to come on in and enjoy yourself, get some beers you've never had before, and you're a crappier person, come on out and say hi. Packers getting ready to take on the uh, San Francisco 49ers this coming weekend out in Santa Clara, California. Packers fans are traveling. Got a couple of emails and a Packer fan group online that said there's a big group of Packer fans going. They've got about 50. They all got tickets. There is an allotment of tickets that go to the visiting team. And then they sell those, and then obviously they most likely will sell them out because they're Packers fans. So there is an allotment. I don't know if it's 5,000 or 3,000 or how many there are, but there was an allotment of tickets that were sold. So you expect those fans to be very, very vocal. It's the additional fans that show up and start buying them on the secondary market that are fans everywhere. I know uh, a friend of ours who works with uh, Charles Woodson. He texted me last night and said, hey, are you coming? we got a big group going, a bunch of Packers fans going. Charles wants to go. Nice. There's a lot of different people that are going to be heading out there to witness this game that are Packers fans. So it's not like the Packers are going to be shut out, to your point, Joe. Yeah, see. I think that there's going to be a, a pretty good cont- – I just don't think it's going to be the 50-50-60-40. I think it might be more like 70-30 – 80-20, but there's still going to be a good, loud representation of Packers fans hoping to ha- they have something to cheer about. Hey, man, I've been wrong before. I'll be wrong again, but Packer fans, they know how to travel. They just do. It, is, it, is, it blows my mind having the opportunity to cover games on the road and just to see the showing of Packer fans no matter where you go. They are everywhere. It, 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 you have to appreciate that. I mean, it, they, they, they are America's team. They are. They are. So, I don't know. We'll, you know, we'll see what happens on Sunday. I'll be at the game. Uh, I'll take pictures and video, and we'll kind of see where we stand. But all, all I know is seeing Levi Stadium, that place never seems to have a sellout, like a true sellout. And being in L.A. last year at the Coliseum, there were more Packer fans there than Rams yeah, fans, yeah. you know? Right. There's so, actual stuff to do in Los Angeles. Right. So, like, we live and die and breathe football. That's yeah. why they do not deserve this victory, and we all do. <laughs> At least that's my right. opinion. How, what's the odds of them trotting out there 
Ronnie Lott and Jerry Rice right. and Joe Montana and all the greats from the past that have ever been a part of that organization for this NFC Championship game. I think the over and under probably on four stars. I take the over. Yeah. As much history as they. Dwight Clark. Yeah. You know, you start to look at all these different guys. Um, Dwight Clark is still with us, correct? Uh, I didn't think so. I think he just passed, didn't he? Yeah, I mentioned Dwight Clark, and something in my head said, nope, he's not with us anymore, unfortunately. Dwight Clark Clark passed away. But all the different players that they had uh, out there for that team. So, anyway, long story short, they're going to have quite a few uh, A-list celebrities out there when it comes to professional football. Um, We were talking about uh, the defense, the offense so far, obviously. But two things about this team that the Packers have that are considered weapons. One is J.K. Scott punting a lot better. When we get into the special teams, Irvin in the return game has been better. And Mason Crosby, for the season he has had and what he's had to endure, has been fantastic. So if I had to sit here and say today, now Robbie Gold is good. Mm -hmm. Robbie Gold is a solid veteran. I don't put anything past him. But if I had to start giving the nod, if you have to go, okay, they have a better defense. Considering what they have in Kittle and company, they've got just as good of offense. So what is the tipping point? Well, the tipping point should be your quarterback. And maybe it's special teams. Maybe it's the returnability of Irvin. Maybe it's the – the ice water in his veins that, that has been able to kick key field goals. Go back to Dallas when they won it in, in, in Dallas in the last second field goal from uh, from Mason Crosby after Jared Cook's spectacular catch to put them into an NFC Championship game. He's had big kicks. So maybe uh, it's Aaron Rodgers and it's the, the special teams that favor the Green Bay Packers. Hey, Tyler Irvin is another great story for this Packer team. I mean, you talk about – Another good pickup. Right. I mean, having the reputation – of you can't find a punt returner. You're, you, you're like in negative yards. You're, you're just you're god-awful. Ever since you traded Trevor Davis, you just haven't been able to find an answer back there. And then you get Tyler Irvin, who is so effective on special teams. He could be one of those guys that gets a big return, which, again, we talk about momentum. That could put momentum in the Packers' favor if he's able to take it 20, 30 yards, get it into 49er territory on a good return. Yeah. And, and not to mention, too, they, they're using Tyler Irvin as a running back and they're using them on these really, you know, cool reverse plays, these pitch reverses. Yep. And, you know, that's a guy to keep an eye on. I would love to see LaFleur continue to be creative with him Absolutely. in particular. And that's why Brian Gutekinds got robbed today because it's yes, not just the additions that he made in the offseason. Darius, Preston Smith, right. Adrian Amos, but it's what he did in season. Now, right, he didn't go out, he didn't get that wide receiver. But Irvin's been huge. I mean, he's averaging 9.3 yards per punt return on 12 returns, 24.6 yards per kick return. You go back to last time the 49ers and Packers met, it was Tremont Smith returning punts. He returned two punts for negative three yards. Special teams is huge, and field position is huge. So I think Irvin's been huge. I mean, the two runs that he had for, what was it, 26 yards, something small like that. But when you have a gadget player like that you could throw in, keep the defense honest, why not? I want to see a little more Jamal Williams in this game. I think you're going to. I think we're going to have. I really to. do. I think you're going to because they're so good up front. You may have to go north south on them. And you can't get him two carries for ten yards when he's averaging five yards per pop. I love Aaron Jones as much as everybody else, but you need a little sample size of Jamal Williams in this one. Too. Does anyone know why Jamal Williams only touched the ball twice in that game? I understand Seattle did an outstanding job of keeping Aaron Jones in check, but maybe you wanted a little bit more change of pace. Well, I, I think first and foremost, you're trying to keep all your playmakers on the field. Right. I mean, that's what that's what Matt Lafleur said during the week is we're going to put the ball in the hands of our playmakers. I think Aaron Jones is so much of a playmaker, it's difficult to take him off the field. Absolutely. But in certain circumstances, in third down and short, in, in, in second and short, you may go with Jamal Williams yeah. because he is your power back. He's your, he's your bruiser. He's a guy that can get you that extra yard. Now, is he Derrick Henry? No. Yeah. But I still think that he can get you a couple of extra yards. But when you're looking to break a big play, Jamal Williams is a 20-yard guy. Mm-hmm. 
Aaron Jones is a take-it-to-the-house guy. Right. And, and that's the difference between the two is that Aaron Jones gets small. Yeah. I mean, real small. Yeah. Whereas Jamal Williams is going to run you over. And also, if you have Jamal Williams out there and you're in shotgun and you're in a single-back formation, you're most likely throwing the football because, as we mentioned, you know, especially with Billy Turner out there and their pass rushers and the way that they keep those guys fresh, you're going to most likely be using Mercedes Lewis as a glorified blocker, but you're also going to most likely have to use Jamal Williams to protect Aaron Rodgers as well. Anything to keep Nick Bosa and those guys away from Rodgers. uh, The other thing that uh, I think is is vastly overlooked out of Aaron Jones in his game is the fact that his pass blocking and blitz pickup has become so much, so much better. Oh, yeah. Anthony Barr was coming off the edge when they were doing that Monday night game. Anthony Barr was coming around the outside, and he hit him and, and, and not leveled him, but stymied him. And Barr expected to run him over, and you could, it was like it was like watching two cars hit each other, and one car rose up and the other car didn't. Yeah. It was kind of like that. It was like Barr was surprised that he got stymied so well. I, I think that's part of the reason that you can leave him in on third downs, even in third and short situations, because he's become a better blocker. Right. I mean, you got to do everything you can to just make sure Aaron Rodgers has time to throw the football. This is, this is one thing. I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but it seems like on a lot of first down plays for the Packers, they run play action. Yeah. And and I'm okay with play action. Believe me, don't get me wrong. I, play action work as much as you can, but usually you want to get play action going when you've established the run a little bit. Mm-hmm. They like to go play action right on first down. And the thing is, if Aaron Rodgers it, you know, goes with the bootleg and Devontae Adams is covered because that's going to be his first look, well, then what? Because now, if he can't find anyone open, or he doesn't trust that if he's going to throw it to a spot that, you know, Alan Lazard or Geronimo Allison are going to be able to catch it, now all of a sudden, you know he's going to get pressured, so he's going to have to throw it away, and now you're looking at a second and ten. I want to try and avoid that as much as possible. I want to be able to try and get the run going first. Play... Sometimes with this play-action stuff that they do on first down, it leads to three and outs, and you can't do that against this team. I want to see them also run a few play fakes because Aaron Rodgers, when he sells it, is as good as I've ever seen. Absolutely. Some of the best I've ever seen. Joe Montana was really good at it. Boomer Esiason, when I was growing up and watching the Bengals in my teenage years and going through high school, that guy, I can't tell you how many times I would watch him fake out a cameraman. The cameraman, right. And, and still have the football in his hand. And I remember thinking to myself, if you could do this almost every play, you could s- just freeze a defense. And Aaron Rodgers is that good. Brett Favre never sold it. Brett no. Favre every now and then. But when Aaron Rodgers does it, he is a master at it. And I've seen him so many times have misdirection in an open receiver because of his ability to play fake. So that's one of the other things that I think that uh, they could take advantage of in this as well. 855-830-8648. If you got an opinion, chime in. If not, we're broadcasting live at the Brass Tap. Uh, we're out here on Layton Avenue. Come on out and say hi. Got a lot of Packers fans in the house. It's our NFC Championship edition of the Bill Michaels Huddle. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. We got more after this. 16 stations strong. The Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Man, I just feel like being myself. I come to work every day and be myself, you know. Um, I know one thing that he mentioned, I think, what was it, right after OTAs? We, we got together. We did an event across the street, and we brought all the players. We had steaks. We had ribs. You know, we did everything together, and and he was like, man, this has never been done before, you know. So I feel like that's what popped it off, but ever since then, man, we became closer and got a chance to know one each other outside of football. 
Those are the words of Zadarius Smith talking about Aaron Rodgers, the respect between the two, and the fact that they've become really good friends. Welcome back. The Bill Michael Soto Broadcasting Live out here at the Brass Tap on Layton Avenue. We are in Greenfield. If you want to swing on in, they got a big party coming up this weekend, their fifth-year anniversary, where they're going to have brand-new beers, beers you've probably never even tasted before out here. So come on out this weekend, enjoy yourself on Saturday, or come in and watch the game on Sunday. They're going to have all of that flowing then and there. That's one of the things, guys, that I think I was asked today about. Uh, I did a... Excuse me, I did a station in Baltimore. And they asked me, uh, first of all, they wanted something in return because they feel that we obviously got the better end of the deal hiring uh, and bringing on Zadarius Smith. Right. But one of the things that I thought was interesting, they said, was what has he brought to the team? And, yeah, he's brought the sacks and he's brought the prestige and he's brought the swagger. But it's stuff like this where two things, where they do team events. And I still go back to when they got busted coming back from Illinois. Right. Got a couple of rookies with them. The cop, we all found out what the transcript was. The cop says, whose is this? He looks around and says, I'll take this. The belief is that it wasn't his. Right. They don't know whose it was, but it wasn't his. And because it was rookies and he wanted to be that stand-up, that veteran leader, he said, I, I got this. This is me. So there's still maybe discipline at the end of the season, or most likely there probably will be going into next year. But it won't happen right now. But Zadarius Smith has brought a level of swagger to this defense that we have not seen since Charles Woodson. Yeah. And Charles Woodson, while Charles Woodson was outspoken and was a leader, I don't even think he was the same type of leader that Zadarius Smith is. To where Charles led by example, I am Charles, I am almost defensive royalty. Yeah. Zadarius is... I'm one of you, mm-hmm. but you're going to follow me, and this is the way we're going to do things, and this is how we're going to be. If you're not one of us, we don't need you. And they don't excommunicate anybody. They bring everybody into the fold. So I think for what Zedaria Smith brought to the table both on the field, what has probably affected this team more and affected this locker room more has been off the field. Zedaria Smith is a class act. And Zedaria Smith, it, it don't matter what the situation is, he owns it. If the Packers lose big... Darius Smith is still going to talk to the media, and he's still going to own up and say what went wrong in the game. He's not afraid to talk about the highs and the lows. It doesn't really matter. Darius Smith has embraced this leadership role. No one saw this coming. I really didn't know a ton about Darius Smith before the Packers had signed him. I was aware that, hey, this guy had quite a few sacks in Baltimore. Okay, we need that. We need that in the worst way because Clay Matthews and Nick Perry were garbage. Right. So, all right, you get this guy. But I think Zadarius Smith had a bigger plan in mind. And him and Preston Smith, they go back. Because Preston Smith comes from Washington. He was in Baltimore. They're next-door neighbors, essentially. They were keeping in touch a lot. Don't tell me that it was just by coincidence that Brian Gutekind signed both of those guys on the same day. I really believe that those two guys probably said, hey, where where are you thinking about going? Where, Where do you think about going? I feel like that had something to do with it. Again, that's me speculating. I don't know that for a fact. But those guys knew each other beforehand. And the fact that they can come in and not only make an impact on the field and set that example, but then be able to lead a locker room, this Packer team needed it in the worst way. And it does, now that doesn't put pressure on Aaron Rodgers. That doesn't put pressure on Matt LaFleur because those guys got that under control. It's good to have some power for the players. Your best leader defensively uh, is Zedarius, and he is a light year far better when it comes to leadership than Clay Matthews ever was. You know he, what I mean? He didn't right. want to be a leader. And he did, yeah, he just wanted to go out and do his thing. And when you are 
considered the best player, you have to have a voice. Right. And and Clay just didn't want to be that guy. Now, he probably talked amongst his guys and stuff uh, such inside the locker room, but not to say he never spoke. But Zedarius is always there. Always. He's always in front of the camera. He is always answering the questions. And in doing so, being the leader, you're taking the pressure off of everybody else because everybody wants to talk to you. Yeah, and you pretty much got him for a steal. You get him for four years at 27 years old. I like what he does on the field because he's been double teamed on 65% of the snaps this year. And he still has, what, 13 and a half sacks. I think he was robbed. He was snubbed, like he said, obviously. But I like what he does off the field. I thought a really cool interview was when he, when he was talking about when he found out he wasn't going to the Pro Bowl and his mom called him. And she said, you're playing a football game on national television. Everybody's watching. You have nothing to complain about. And he thought about that. And he's like, yeah, you're right. right. You know, I made my money. I just, I think he's a humble guy. I love the interview. I him love the snub t-shirt, though. And, and, Bill, we did a show, I remember, last year around this time. And I was disappointed because I knew the Packers weren't really going to be any good last year. I predicted 8-8 eight eight last season. But I said this is the most unlikable team that I can remember. You had, I mean, I didn't really like anybody in that locker room. I, I, the things that were coming out guys leaving before the game was even over this is a very likable team and i think that there's just something special now it could sound corny and cliche but these are a group of guys that get along there's a bunch of leaders in that locker room guys that we don't even talk about really a guy like mason crosby you know jk it was Scott. A, it was a, a divided i think or a segregated locker room maybe not divided in the sense of one against the other but more segregated some guys were going to do their own thing uh, clearly, by the end, some guys were collecting a paycheck. Nobody and, knew their future. And, and, and the other thing that I found was, in talking to some of these guys, was when Mike McCarthy would come down with that Pittsburgh blue-collar bravado, it, it, it not that it grew old, it's that they knew going back through Ted Thompson, once Ted Thompson and they won a Super Bowl, Ted was the guy calling the shots. Right. So Mike wasn't going to discipline you. Right. And, that, Mike, and that, Mike Daniels, another yeah, good example. Th- those like, guys, you know, there was a lot of talk. There was a lot of guys that – that talked about discipline, mm-hmm. uh, you know, guys that were kind of mouthing off and acting up, and there was never going to be anything done to them because that's the way Ted wanted it. And they couldn't stay on the field. And, and they couldn't stay on the field. There was a lot of injuries last year. But it, that was part of it was once your general manager dictates what the personnel are doing and you no longer have control as a coach, you're snipped. You are just floating free in the water. And Ted Thompson – for a lot of the positive that Ted did in putting certain players on the field and drafting certain players, he really did cut the legs out from underneath his head coach. The, the, the second half of Ted Thompson's tenure as general manager of the Green Bay Packers, he cost this team Super Bowls. He, he, he cost them Super Bowls. There is no excuse. Again, everyone here at the Brass Tap knows it. There's no excuse why this football team only has one Super Bowl. Well, and who was doing the most of the scouting? Because my problem with it towards the end, and Ted Thompson did a lot of great. I mean, he found a lot of hidden gems. Let's let's be honest. David early Bakhtiari, on, too, yes, Aaron but Rogers. early on, I mean, he had but, the, one of the best scouts they'd ever had was John Dorsey. His thing, and then when they lost Dorsey, I, could, I kind of think it took him a couple of years to get that scouting department back together. Towards the end, what drove me nuts was drafting the best athlete, Demarius Randall, who I actually like Demarius Randall. That's actually a bad example. Quentin Rollins. But a small forward that you're asking to Ahmad play. Carroll. A safety that right. you're asking to play defensive back. Right. Just a bunch of projects. You need for especially in the first, second, third, fourth round, you need for sure things, not projects right. in the NFL. Well, Ted Thompson did not use all of his avenues to make the Green Bay Packers better, and there was money to spend. I would love, if I've got nothing better to do one of these days, I would love to go back and look at free agency. What players were available in free agency on, you know, 
all the seasons that were part under Ted, you yeah. know, like for over like the last five years, like what kind of players were out there that Ted could have actually gone out, spent some money, and tried to improve those Actually, positions? you know what? That doesn't drive me as nuts as the guys that we let go, or they let go. I'm becoming a wee guy because now we're in that stage. But Sam Shields, you know what I'm saying? Like guys that you let go. And then you give Nick yeah, but Perry $13 million, was... often injured. Okay, Sam Shields, Micah Hyde, and he got paid. But he's the guy that could play any position on that field. And they asked him to do everything. He played defensive back. He right. played safety. He returned punts. He, he was in the box playing some outside linebacker at times, kind of the Morgan Burnett role. And so that was more of my problem is that there were certain guys that you didn't pay that you should have. And then Nick Perry has one season where he has double-digit sacks, and you reward him with a $13 million he had contract. It, he had it during a contract year, and the only other rush guy out there that was better than him got paid right away. Right. And, yeah. and that was the that was – and we all knew it. I mean, all I saw was Nick Perry, and I kept thinking to myself, Cletus Hunt. Yep. He had a great year in, a, in his contract year. You knew it was coming, but you had to pay him. Because if, yeah. if you let that go, now that you've discovered it, and he goes someplace else and he's great, you're going you're gonna to hear it, and you, you almost sign him out of fear right. of him going being great somewhere else. And sometimes, that's why fans get upset, but sometimes general managers just say, I can't sign this guy out of fear of not having something that he's going to bring. I have to sign this guy for what he's done and the potential we believe that he actually has. It's just amazing how polar opposites Ted Thompson and Brian Gutekind are. And... Goody worked under Ted for all those years. I just wonder behind the scenes, when Ted wasn't in the room, I wonder if Goodigan's had those conversations going, you know, hey, I'd love if he just went out and got this guy. Well, or, you know, apparently I, I, the, the arguments with Ted were somewhat, I'm not going to say legendary, but it was, it was Ted would sit there and look at everybody and nod. And then go draft somebody completely different than they just now, talked about. Now, where does Mark fit in that situation? I want to know what Russ Ball, at that I want to know what that time, room looks like. Yeah. At that point in time? Yeah. Mark was just, look. When, Worried about Paul McCartney now, coming to Lambert. Well, here's the thing, though, and I don't mind that, because when Bob Harlan was there, Bob's number one thing was stay out of the way of the football people. Yeah. Don't let business meddle with football, and that's what he told Mark. So Mark let it go on maybe a year or two too late, mm -hmm. but Mark did exactly what Bob Harlan did, and everybody loved Bob Harlan for it. And, and you know, Ron Wolf won, and then until 99 – and then things began to slide a little bit. Then obviously they draft Aaron Rodgers, and then there's a changeover, and Mike Sherman got close, but he never really got there. And nobody yelled at Ron Wolf for it. Nobody yelled at Bob Harlan for it by the end. And they were trying to figure it out because, remember, Mike Holmgren wanted the team. They wouldn't give it to him. So he goes and has success and takes Seattle to a Super Bowl, and right. everybody's complaining about it. But we still have Brett Favre because Brett Favre masked everything. And Ron Wolf left and said, you know, he, he – that was it. Right. And remember Randy And then Moss. they turned it over to, to Mike Mike Sherman. Yeah. And it was, I, man, that's what was so disappointing, especially just watching those teams because Brett Favre, and I love Brett. I and nobody yelled at Bob Harlan when they hired uh, Ray Rhodes. Right. But And it's just even going out and going back to spending money on free agency or making that trade. And nobody wanted to touch Randy Moss. I get, but Bill Belichick did, and he set the single-season receiving touchdown record. Terrell Owens wanted to play with Brett Favre. Right. So we argue that Aaron's never had the But right instead he went out and got Corn Robinson. Right. They're wasting Aaron Rodgers' prime. But they kind of did the same thing with Brett Favre when you think about it, too. You could have had Terrell Owens or Randy Moss. All I know is Brian Gutekinds got snubbed uh, for being executive of the year. And, yes. look, I'm not going to sit here and cry about it, but he got snubbed. And John Lynch, yes, he took a 4-12 and team to being in the NFC Championship. It's the same deal. But what did he do as an executive or as a GM? Well, he so, he but, got Nick Bosa at number two because they right, stunk last year. Right, that was handed to him. 
Brian Gudikins had to think outside of the box a little bit more, and he was able to hit on Darnell Savage, and he was able to hit on Elton Jenkins in addition to all the other moves he made, plus getting Veldheer midseason and Tyler Irvin midseason. Yeah. I, to me, I, I, I thought it was a no-brainer. I thought he should be executive of the year, hands down. Let's take a quick break. We're broadcasting live with the Brass Tap. We're here on Layton Avenue. We are looking forward to having even more people come by. They're looking forward to having you this weekend as they got a fifth-year anniversary party coming up as well. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light. Also, don't forget to get registered for the big screen TV. We're giving away compliments of Kristen again and ABC Audio Video. Go to abcaudiovideo.com. That's abcaudiovideo.com. More of the Bill Michaels Huddle right after this. Everywhere in Wisconsin, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. They were a pretty good team before we played them last time. Uh, I think that game just got away from them, you know, with the, the turnover to start and things like that. But um, they played the same way they played all year. They just had one bad game. They've been a tough team offensively and defensively all year and done a good job not turning it over, and their defense kept people from scoring. There you go. Those are the words of Kyle Shanahan, head coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Said basically the last time uh, these two teams met, game just got away from the Green Bay Packers, and he expects uh, a harder game, a more difficult game, a hard-fought game, and now we'll see what actually happens before it's all said and done. The Packers getting ready to take on the 49ers this weekend, 540 kickoff out in Santa Clara, uh, and we'll talk more about it, but now it's to the picks portion of our program as we're going to discuss the Titans on the road taking on the Chiefs. And uh, I tell you what, what Vrabel has done there, it took him a couple of years, but to go into New England and knock off Bill Belichick, his mentor, and then to go in and get a win last weekend against the uh, the best team in football and beat LeVar Jackson and company in Baltimore, I don't think they fear Kansas City at all. No. I, I can mean, see them I, winning this game, can't I, you? I can. Uh, they... Look, we always talk about defense wins your championships. They got one of the best defenses left. Yeah. You know, and Kansas City's defense is suspect just by what we saw last week when they had to go toe-to-toe and, 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 and pound for pound against the Houston Texans and Deshaun Watson. Finally, their defense figured it out later in the second portion of that ball game. But it was mainly because Patrick Mahomes and company figured it out. It wasn't necessarily because defensively they figured it out. They forced Deshaun Watson to play catch-up, and he just succumbed to the pressure. But the Titans... They don't play around, man. No. And to have a run game like Derrick Henry, I could see them winning this game. I honestly, I mean, I don't think there's that. I don't think those two teams are far off from each other. It's not like the Chiefs are this overwhelming favorite in the game. They do have a lot of flaws, especially on their defense. And I think it's kind of a wash when you look at the offense because, okay, Patrick Mahomes obviously blows Ryan Tannehill away. Mm-hmm. But then you got Derrick Henry, who's clearly better than Damian Williams and all the running backs that they have. And then in the receiver department, I would say it's about even. I would say probably I would give the edge to the Chiefs because it's Tyreek Hill, but A.J. Brown's had a breakout year too. Yeah, I'm a big A.J. Brown fan, and they're going to pound the football. See, last, against the Patriots, I said Derrick Henry's not going over 100 yards. Well, he went over 100 yards. He has set an all-time postseason rushing record for the amount of yardage gained in five games. And it's crazy because you know exactly what they're going to do, and you can't stop. No. Because he well, they say they're gonna, we're going to run Derrick Henry at you. And I miss running backs like him. We only get to see them once every other the last time, Eddie George. The last time, Eddie George, but even more so, the last time I remember a guy that dominant that said, I'm running at you, and you can't tackle me, was Earl Campbell. Yeah. Going all the way back to the Houston Oilers. But, man, just the size. He's 6'3", 6'4", just a bruiser. Like, those are the kind of He's backs He's a building with feet. Right. And I mean, I he's like coming Vrabel. at you. 
I like that Vrabel was screwing with Belichick last week, too, because he's a mentor. He played for him, obviously, but he knows the little things that Bill does. He used Belichick's rule against him. Wasn't that great? For, for running off time at the end that of the ball game. That was great to yeah. see. And to watch Belichick get so pissed <laughs> off and knowing that it was something that he had the committee, the competition committee, institute, mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't help but sit back and smile a little bit. You know Bill went home and he was like, I'll have a drink to that, though, because he... You know he had to call Vrabel and go, <laughs> I would have done the same thing. Yep. You know? USOB, y- you, right. Yes. You did it. Hey, USOB, uh, I would have done the same thing. And Congratulations. I like him, man. He on. is just... Mike Vrabel is just... I love this term. He's just a football guy, though. He's yeah. the guy you want to play for. I like watching post game. everybody going into that locker room. He sits outside of that door, and he hugs everybody, except for Marcus Mariota, who tried to sneak in, and he just right. gives him, like, a little handshake. Right. Who, for some reason, they keep trying to use him for, like, one play per game on this little trick play. They'll line him up at wide receiver. His career is done there. Tannehill, th- that's the one thing that if you make Ryan Tannehill, though, kind of like Tremont Williams said about Mitchell Trubisky, if you make him play quarterback, that's where you could beat the Titans because everything he does is off play action passing. What is he thrown for? 140 combined yards in two games? Yeah. So while we're talking about Ryan Tannehill being one of these top quarterbacks now, I don't know so much about that if you're able to stop Derrick Henry, but nobody's been able to. I thought last week was the week finally that Derrick Henry would run out of gas because against the Patriots, what did he have? 25 plus carries. But no, he got even better. He's getting stronger as the season goes on. It makes no sense, but I can see them continuing to roll. So we'll make picks, Joe. You got Kansas City hosting the uh, t- our good table, our good clapping table is taking off. Thank you for coming out <laughs> Thank tonight. You. Yes. So you got Kansas City hosting the Tennessee Titans. Who you got in this one? I'll go with the Chiefs in this one. Um, but again, I think it's going to be a very close game because I think the Titans are a very respected football team. And as we all know, NFL playoffs all it takes one team to get hot and just for them to go on a run. The Titans, they. They've earned their keep to be in this position, especially after they beat the Ravens last week, which no one saw coming. But I do think Kansas City will pull this out. I think the crowded Arrowhead will play a big part of it as, as well. Again, you want to make sure if you're Kansas City, get off to a hot start, get points on the board, have the crowd behind you, and you should be good to go. I'm going to say the Chiefs win this one 30-24. Okay. Yeah, that's about where I'm going to go. 31-24 was actually going to be my prediction. I do think the Chiefs win this game. Mahomes will find a way to get it done. Uh, I think it'll be a little higher scoring than we, than we think, but I do think the Chiefs win this one. I actually want to see Andy Reid get this one. I want to see him I go do to too. a I Super do Bowl. Too. Yeah. I like Andy Reid. I'm rooting for him, uh, especially with what he does on the offensive side of the ball. I think the Chiefs win this one. I think the Chiefs win. Um, I do not think uh, they get over 30. No? I think it's going to be like 27-17, 27-21, something like that. I, only for the fact that I believe they have a really good offense with Patrick Mahomes. That's undeniable. But the Titans have such a good defense. And with Derrick Henry, they can control the ball. So if they can control the clock and keep it just down into possessions, chances are it's under 30, it's 27 or 24. I think they get a win, but I think they get a win by a score, maybe 10, you know, something like that, or maybe maybe 9. But I don't think it gets much more than that. So I'm going to say 27-21. Uh, the Titans take a, take it on the chin, and the Chiefs get the win at home at Arrowhead. I guess the reason I'm really rooting for the Chiefs and is because— And you're right. I am rooting for Andy Reid. I am too, but I also because I don't see two favorites winning this week. I think it's going to be a dog and a favorite winning outright this week, and I want the Packers to be that dog that wins, so that's why I'm going with the Chiefs. Maybe. Well, here's the other thing. In, in the Packers, while they're a dog because of the last time these two teams met up— Yeah. 
The Packers come into this thing healthier than they've been in almost two decades. It's just incredible. The, the four things yeah. that I always say you have to have to win a championship. One, you got to be good, and yeah. they're good. Yep. Two, you got to be lucky, and they've been lucky. Yeah. Three, you got to be hot. Four, you got to be healthy. All of those things, every one of those boxes are checked right now. And they're coming in with guys that did not make a Pro Bowl that are snubbed. They're coming in with a quarterback who said he was, everybody said, he was the 11th or the 8th best quarterback remaining in the postseason. Well, now he's one of the final four. He's got to get a ring to prove himself uh, to, to whatever echelon of people that need him to have another one. He feels that pressure. You know the opportunity. They're veteran enough to understand it with Tremont Williams, Mason Crosby, Aaron Rodgers, Brian Balaga, those guys that are still there left over. Over. And I, I just feel that it is, it, and again, we'll pick this game coming up. But I just feel that if there's a dog to win, the Packers, because of the veteran and because of the quarterback, win that game. Yeah. So, but I agree that Kansas City. I'm rooting for Andy Reid. I want to see him get to a Super Bowl, and I want to see him win it if San Francisco wins. Oh yeah, absolutely. I want to see. I'm him, I, I, absolutely. That means I have to root for Tyreek Hill, unfortunately, and that's the one guy in the league that well, I root against every you know, single but, week. But I'll, yeah. I'll root. But I'll, I'll, I'll root for Andy Reid. I'll root all day long for Patrick Mahomes, yeah. and for two reasons. One, I think he's a genuinely good guy. Two. He found out that he was the starter as he sat down at my show at Radio Row when we were sitting in really? Minneapolis. Yes. Yeah. The news broke. He comes over and sits down. Lee Steinberg's his agent, brings him over, sits down. He said, this is Patrick Mahomes. I said, Patrick, uh, you know, good to meet you, blah, 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 and good to talk to you again. And uh, all of a sudden, I look at my phone, and I said, you know what just happened? They traded Alex Smith. And he said, no, why? And I said, you're now the starting quarterback for the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. He said, what are you talking about? I, I said, Alex this. Smith just got traded. Really? And he went, oh, my God. And so I said, Give me your reaction. He, we were the first interview he did after finding out. He's a good guy. It too. broke like while it. we were on the air. So uh, and that's another good reason I'm rooting for the guy because he was incredibly humble. When we come back, we'll pick this Packers 49ers matchup for you. Stay tuned. We're coming back at the Brass Tap out here on Layton Avenue in Greenfield. I'm Bill Michaels alongside Ryan Horvath, Radio Joe Zanzolo. We got more of the Bill Michaels Huddle brought to you by Bud Light right after this. Wisconsin wide, the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. I mean, everyone understands what's on the line. In the same breath, you can't change anything. You can't make it bigger than what it is and, and stress yourself out and start doing things that you're not accustomed to doing. Yeah, the stakes are higher. We understand what this game's about, but don't make it bigger than what it needs to be. When, when the ball kicks off, we're going to play football, and, and that's what it is. We're going against a really good team in their house, and we got to be ready to go. That is Brian Balaga. Of the Green Bay Packers talking about one game. One game. That's all they've got. And then they can head off to Miami for Super Bowl 54. Welcome back. The Bill Michaels Huddle broadcasting live out here. We're at the Brass Tap. We're on Layton Avenue in Greenfield. If you want to come on by, you still have time. And if not, don't forget they have a fifth anniversary party coming up this weekend. They're going to have all kinds of, oh, well, they've got 80 tap beers, for God's sakes. Plus, they're going to have beers you've never even heard of out here this weekend. So if you're a craft freak, this is where you want to be. Come on out, and whether it's enjoy uh, our friends here at the Brass Tap for their food or just enjoy the beers this weekend for the game. A lot of good stuff going on out here at the Brass Tap. We are brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. And uh, and uh, don't forget to swing on by uh, this weekend, as I had mentioned, Radio Joe Zanzola alongside. I'm Bill Michaels. We also have Ryan Horvath here as well. And uh, we have now time to pick uh, the games this weekend. We already picked most of us. All of us, I think, we're taking the Chiefs, right? Yeah. yeah got the, everybody's got the Chiefs. Across the board. So now. So that means the Titans win. So now <laughs> we go. Yeah. 
So now we go to Santa Clara, California, and we go to Levi's Stadium, and that's where the Green Bay Packers are taking on the 49ers. Joe, I'll start with you. <sighs> so earlier in the show, I said that I'm kind of going back and forth between my brain because my brain is telling me they're going to lose, but in a close game. And then my heart's telling me they're going to win. I want something positive to happen with Wisconsin sports teams. Do something. I'm going to go with my heart. And I, usually my brain trumps a lot, but I'm going to go with my heart. I'm going to say the Packers win 23-21. Really? Yep. A close one. Wow. Close. Close, close, close. Yeah, I'm going to go Packers 24-21. I really do think they win this game. And this isn't just as a homer or a fanboy. I just I trust Aaron Rodgers over Jimmy Garoppolo. And I know Garoppolo is a winner. What did I say his record is? 22-5, and five, something ridiculous like that. He doesn't lose a whole lot. I think Rodgers finds a way to win this game because I think it's important for his legacy. And I'll be the first person on Monday morning, as much as I love Aaron Rodgers, that I think he needs to win this game, too. I know you don't have all the weapons in the world, but if you are a top quarterback ever to play this game, you have to win this game. You have to go into San Francisco and finally make them pay for not drafting you. Well, now that you're in the situation, I mean, first of all, again, I don't know how many people at the beginning of the season had the Green Bay Packers in this position. So now that you're in this position and you've accelerated this retooling or whatever you want to call it. Again, a lot of people were very skeptical about how this Packers team was going to play out with the new head coach and Aaron Rodgers. It all worked out pretty darn well. Now you're here in the moment. Yes, this is very important for Aaron Rodgers to win for his legacy. He has to be able to do it. Yep. But again, he's got to be smart because the game plan will be keeping Devontae in check. They're going to throw double teams at him. So can Aaron Rodgers adjust? Can he get rid of the football with pressure coming? And can he trust some of these other guys? Really quick, what I loved about Aaron Rodgers is that what everybody said in the locker room, like Devontae, when he went up to him and he said, I need you to make a play here. He said the same thing to Jimmy Graham. He knows he doesn't have a whole lot of opportunity left to get that second ring. And I think guys actually want to step up and make a play for him. Even a guy like Zedarius, where you have to feel a little bit of pressure, though, when a 36-year-old quarterback comes up to you and says, hey, I'm going to need you guys to step up. But I think guys are going to step up and make plays for him. Look, Jimmy Graham, I have been all over Jimmy Graham this year. Everyone's been over Jimmy yeah. Graham for the money he's making and the production, the lack of production. The fact that he made three crucial catches all on third down situations last week. Huge. Hey, I'll take that any day. He doesn't need to be in the end zone. Just move the chains. Keep it going. Keep the football with you make plays like that i'll take that from jimmy grant i uh, i look at this game in a couple of different facets one i'm like joe my heart says i want the packers to win uh in the beginning of the week when this matchup came out one of the things that we have to do because we go to super bowl every year regardless is i usually look at the packers and say do they have a legitimate chance yeah. this year i thought no so when i rented the condo and i rented the car and i rented all our space i rented it through friday yeah now, if they go to the Super Bowl, everything has to extend. You got to go through Sun. You got to go through Tuesday. Right. Uh, you know, you got to change your airport. Well, this week when I was asked, "Are we going to extend it?" I had to make a decision, and I thought, "No, I didn't." So my head's telling me the Packers are not going to get there. Um, if I have to make a pick, I'd probably say in a closer game, something to the effect of uh, twenty-seven or thirty-one, something like that. Um, you know, the 49ers get the victory here. But with all the momentum going into this week and talking more, now they're at full strength too because D Ford was banged up the last time. They had a couple of guys defensively that were banged up, and they still dominated the Green Bay Packers. So right. we can't just say it was all Belaga going out and Alex Light coming in. But they still dominated the Packers defensively. 
But this team is as healthy as the Packers are coming into this contest almost. They're a very good football team. I have to say I'm going to lean more towards Aaron Rodgers than I am Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't trust Jimmy Garoppolo nearly as much. He had to have learned something about how to handle these moments playing behind uh, all these years, playing behind Tom Brady. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he's walking into it completely blind. But if I have to pick the score and I have to put my money, I always say, what do I do with my money? If I have to put my money on it, I would say 27-24 San Francisco. But I'm going to say I'm going to pick the Packers just because I'm feeling good about it at this point. So I'm going to take the Packers to get the win, and I think it's going to be just the opposite, 27-24, but the Packers are going to come out on top. So I'm going to say the Packers get the win. You get to this point, you have to pick them, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, so it's we've been got a, a rematch season. for the 100th season of Super Bowl One, heading down to uh, Miami, Florida. And oh, please it, give me that. You know, oh, too man. bad we're not playing it out in California. Right. Out right. in the Coliseum. Yeah. But we're going to go with a rematch of Super Bowl One and the 100th season. Two guys uh, under a similar representation. The State Farm commercials will be free-flowing. Yeah. Andy Reid, who needs a Super Bowl, doesn't have one. Aaron Rodgers, who needs a second one to get legitimacy, so to speak, for whatever reason. And Matt LaFleur, a first-year head coach against an old Wiley veteran, a guy that used to coach the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I just think that it's just setting itself up to be way too good. So you can't waste it. I think the NFL is going to rig it, and I think the Packers. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the Packers gotta, we got the, the official. Packers are going to win. Time for us to go. Thanks to everybody coming out here to the Brass Tap. Thanks to everybody for being here on site. Ryan Horvath, Radio Joe Zenzola. Packers hopefully get a win. We'll talk about all of this again next week and get you set up for Miami and Super Bowl 54. Till then, time for us to go. Have a go. You're listening to the Bill Michaels Sports Talk Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.